Welcome back to Ducks and Pucks Podcast. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. We're going to get you guys caught up on all the action. Um, we had a big uh, road trip uh, that happened and uh, a big win last night as well to secure the uh, Pacific Division. Uh, we'll also look forward to the playoffs, and we have some player um, injury news and updates, and we'll get you caught up on everything. And uh, first off, we'll uh, go back to the uh, the road trip, Eddie. Uh, it started out uh, poorly. Um, the Ducks uh, got blown out in uh, New York uh, 7-2 to against the Rangers. Yeah, and if we could avoid talking about this game, I would. But, um, you know, d- definitely probably the worst loss of the season. Um, I guess, I, you know, I, I'll get into it in a little bit. But I, w- I wouldn't say it was our worst game of the season. Um, but the score definitely, you know, shows as it, as it could be one of our worst games. But, uh, you know, it, it was a, a, a game when you, you're trying to match up against the Rangers and, and they've got a lot of speed and, you know, Cam Talbot has been amazing for them lately. And, you you know, you look at the shots, he you know, shot them 38-29. to 29. It's just we, we can never really get ahead in this game. You know, Kreider scoring uh, early on and, and Perry answering the bell. and um, But then the Rangers getting two more before Perry gets it. And, and, you know, a very eventful 3-2 first period where the Ducks outshot the Rangers 17-11 to 11 and, you know, just could only, you know, get two past Talbot. But um, and you move into the second period where we've had – problems all year and they get two more and then obviously getting two more in the third period which we outshot them 15 to 9 uh you know i i don't think it was an overall bad effort um well i guess not the worst effort that we've had all season um they didn't play well but you know the stop by hot goalie and cam talbot and, and you know they just couldn't really match up with the the speed that the rangers have yeah i think you hit it there uh, eddie the speed of the rangers is kind of what did us in in this game but you know, I think there were some unfortunate bounces, too. I mean, two of those uh, first three goals that Anderson, you know, had um, given up were just uh, deflections or bounces off skates that, you know, ended up putting the puck, you know, in the net or close to the net for easy goals for the uh, the Rangers there. I mean, if, if those bounces don't go, you know, the Ducks come out of that first period actually ahead 2-1. to one. Um, You know, Corey Perry picked up his play like we thought after the, um, the game winner against Colorado. So, so he kept the Ducks in it. But, uh, again, you know, the second period uh, just did us in. We gave up those two goals, and once we got down by 5-2, to two, it just it just seemed like we couldn't recover, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, they, they had a lot of shots. Like you said, the Rangers got a, a couple lucky goals. But when you score seven, um, it, when you get scored on seven times, it, it's hard to blame it on luck. And, you know, just a, a, a defensively a poor effort and, and then running into a hot goalie offensive on the you know, offense side, it's – you could have seen this game maybe seven five seven six if the Ducks got a couple breaks, but you know in the end you still let in seven goals and and they definitely needed to improve defensively. Yeah, this one was a tough one to swallow, you know. And then uh, going to the next game, the Ducks go into Columbus, where you know they actually played better. And uh, this one, they jumped out to the two nothing lead uh, behind Kessler and Cogliano goals. But um, the second period, the Ducks, you know, again, had that meltdown, giving up three goals. And, you know, the Ducks uh, found themselves only down by one late. You know, the empty netter put it, put them over the edge for Columbus. But uh, it was this one was a tough one, Eddie. I mean, it looked like we had Columbus by the end of the first period. Yeah, you know, it, it, we got out to a good start. And, and you know, we talked about that in our, in our uh, preview for this game. You know, Bobrovsky is going to be in net. And, uh, he's had a great season so far, and he had a great game this game. But you can, usually, when you can get on top of a team, especially like Columbus, even though they've been playing great as of late, uh, you usually would look to secure the win. Uh, Hartnell got that power play goal in in late in the in the first period, but you know, then we go into the second period, and we've seen this all season. You know, we we still outshot them, but 
got scored on three times in the period, and obviously that controversial Johansson goal we'll talk about, uh, you know, in a little bit. But um, it's the second periods again, and, and I don't I, like we've mentioned this like hundreds of time on the podcast where just the second period for some reason you outshot them, get outshot. It doesn't matter. We get scored on two or three times in in some of these games, and you know it's just a mystery. And then you know a good third period, but. We're already behind, and you, when you're going against a hot goalie like uh, like Bobrovsky, seven forty shots, uh, it's kind of hard to to pull it a win. Yeah, that second period's been a mystery, Eddie. I remember uh, you know talking to Phil and uh, Dan about this and trying to figure out what's going on. You know, I even joked about it. I said, "Hey, let's just uh, replay the national anthem uh, in the beginning of the second period. Just act like it's the first period because." It seems like for the Ducks, you know, the first and the third period, uh, men- mentally they're ready to go and everything's fine. And then the second period's the letdown period. So, you know, I don't know what it is exactly, but they just need to get mentally prepared for the second period the way they do for the other two. And uh, I think that'll help them out. Um, you know, the other big issue, too, and you, you mentioned it, was that goal by Johansson. Um, a lot of people were confused about what happened. A lot of people were, for lack of a better term, pissed off. Um, and this, this is what happened on that play. The uh, the refs at first blew the whistle dead, and, and they didn't call anything initially. And what happened is when you're watching on the TV, they go pick up the phone and they call Toronto, and you hear him say that Toronto couldn't determine whether or not the puck was over the line. But what we found out afterwards is that they, on the ice, determined that the puck was in the net. And because Toronto couldn't overturn it, that's why the play stood up. So as far as the puck being in the net, I saw different angles. It, it definitely goes across the net, Eddie. But, you know, the issue that they didn't address was Johansson's contact with Gibson. Yeah, and then if the puck was uh, in, the net, uh, in the net before the, the whistle was blown as well. Um, but, you know, there was a, a quote from Gibson in, in the game and kind of sums it all up. He said he didn't see the replay. It was under his blocker, and he, don't, he didn't know if it went in. And, and from what we can see from the replay, it looks like, uh, when he makes a save, it rolls off his arm, but he covers it with his blocker, and then Johansson comes crashing into the net and, and pushes his blocker into the net, and then you can't really see the puck until the play's already dead. Um, you know, it, it's a tough call. Um, you know, we this is probably where you could see a coach's challenge coming in handy uh, for goalie interference or, or even just to review the play a little bit um, you know, more thoroughly, but... I'm sure Toronto looked at it, and and you know even just looking at it from from us, and they've got a lot more angles than we do, but just you can't really see the puck after it rolls off Gibson's back, and he kind of swats at it, and it's going towards the net, and then you can't you can't really see it, and you know if you're gonna believe what Gibson said, he says he has under his blocker, so then you could review the play for goalie interference because you know you can definitely see uh, Johansson sliding into the net and, and pushing his blocker. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the Ducks responded well. I mean, they came back and scored right after that. Bleski, you know, put us back up ahead. I mean, granted, it would have been, you know, three to one instead of three to two. Um, you know, I don't I don't like to blame games, uh, you know, losses because of a call or whatnot. I mean, it, it didn't help the Ducks in this one. But, you know, the Ducks giving up two quick goals. Um, you know, right after Bolesky's goal is really what did the Ducks in, in in this game, Eddie. Yeah, and you can't help but think maybe that that call and, and that goal Johansson might have uh, rattled uh, Gibson a little bit. Um, you, know, you know, we can't tell for sure. Um, obviously, you know, Bolesky getting that goal was great, but when you concede, like, not even 30 seconds later and then another one a minute after that, 
you know, it just drains the momentum out of everybody. And, and then even having a strong third period and, and not being able to score because, you know, you get stoned by um by Bobrovsky, it's it's hard to take, but, you know, the, they moved on after this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a tough loss. And, I mean, it, you know, that didn't help. I, I think they could have maybe got a point out of it. But um, it's definitely something that we, uh, I think, will be maybe looked at a little bit harder next year. You know, we talked about the coach's challenge. Uh, especially in regard to goalie interference. So I think this is a definite play that they'll look at. Um, there's another play that comes up in this Boston game too as well. The uh, the Ducks pulled out this one. Uh, you know, Anderson went back in net, played extremely well in this game. And uh, the Ducks pulled out the win. You know, they were trailing 2-1. to one. You had uh, Corey Perry get that uh, last second goal uh, in the third period uh, with barely 30 seconds, uh, 39 seconds left. And then obviously gets off with that rocket in the overtime for the winner. But uh, this was a good all-around win, and and you know the Ducks did such a better job in the second period in defensively as opposed to those first two games, Eddie. Yeah, that's for sure. And and you know it was a a pretty solid effort. Um, you can't fault uh, Anderson for the the two goals um on the power play. You know the the Bruins got. Uh, I don't want to say lucky with a lot of their calls in the game, um, but they, there's a lot of calls on the other side for the Ducks that weren't called. So the uh, the Bruins got both their goals on the power play, and I, I think the Ducks could have won a little bit more handily than you know making us uh, have a heart attack and with Perry scoring with like 40 seconds left, and then uh, Getzlaff getting the OT winner. But we we've seen it all this season and last season. You know that they never quit and and they always fight right to the end and and they you know pull out a win in this game. Yeah, I mean, this was huge, and it was funny to see uh, the reaction. There was um, another Twitter account of a, a Boston fan that has almost as many followers as we do, or I think a little bit more, but they had put out a, a GIF of the overhead of Perry's goal, and I saw all these people blowing up Twitter, you know, saying it was a BS goal and all this stuff, and I was just cracking up because, as most of you know, Eddie and I, we watch the games, or I'm there in person, and also we review all the goals. We go back to NHL.com. We go back on the Ducks website. We check all the goals out. And it was just funny for me to look over this one because we, we tell you whether or not it's legit or not. And this was a legit goal. I mean, Perry skated around. Rass pad did a perfect deflection. I don't know why the Boston fans are upset, but it was not goal interference. I mean, you could have done the coach's challenge here and gone for it again, but it was a good goal, Eddie. Yeah, and you know, I can see why they'd be upset. You know, they're 40 seconds away from grabbing two points, and and it's big two points for them. And you know, it, there is um, a little bit of contact with Rask, but uh, Rask is way, way almost out of the blue paint. Um, Perry skates through, lifts his leg over his pad, and his elbow kind of catches Rask's blocker, but not enough to to really throw him off. But Rask tries to sell it and doesn't get the call. And you know. I, I can see why they'd be mad, not really because of the call, but because of the importance of the game. But, you know, definitely no goalie interference there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think they were more upset at the fact that they, uh, you know, almost won the game and they were just, that was the focus of their anger. But, uh, you know, this game, the other part that I really didn't like in this game was McQuaid, uh, you know, just going at Bolesky, uh with the spearing in, in the groin area and then the cross check to the Adams apple. I, you know, I was... I don't like to harp on the NHL either, but uh, you know I was really disappointed that there was no re- review on that play, Eddie. Uh, McQuaid should have been suspended at least a couple games for that cross-check. Well, yeah, first of all, I was surprised there was really no penalty um, in, in that game. And, 
And then uh, you look at recently Bufflin being suspended four games today for his cross check um, to the back of a, a Rangers player's neck. And, you know, I'm not saying McQuaid's was, was as bad, but it was still a, a cross check to the neck area. And, you know, if uh, if Bufflin's gets reviewed, I don't see how uh, McQuaid doesn't have a chance. I know McQuaid's hit was before Bufflin's, but um, you, you still, it, it, they're almost, you know, identical plays in a way. And, and how it's not even looked at is, is beyond me. Yeah, I, it's unfortunate. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, again, it's a it's above your and my pay grade, but hey, it's, that's the way it went. So I, I was just glad to see the Ducks pull it out, and uh, you know, also Freddie too. Um, he got his mentality back. You know, he he said that uh, this is one of the games where he he felt you know uh, back into it. Um, that uh, <laughs> I, jo- I joked with him today. I actually saw him today at Honest or joked with him about the the fu mentality. Um, he feels like he's back on his game and, uh, you know, we see that translate from this game into the Islander game too, Eddie, where basically if it wasn't for a couple, uh, uh bad breaks in that game, uh, Anderson would have had a shutout against the Islanders. Yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, bad breaks for both teams. Uh, Raquel, his shot going in off, uh, Islanders defender, Viznovsky's shot going in off, uh, off the prey. And, and then, you know, a couple of fluky goals, even Sezikis's goal late on was, uh, was fluky too. And, you know, it, it was a, a kind of scrappy game, uh, the, the Ducks held out defensively against a pretty good Islanders team. Uh, got a lot of offensive weapons, especially John Tavares. And, you know, Anderson looked to have his mojo back, which is great for us going into the playoffs. Uh, he's he's making uh, making Gibson I – mean, he's making uh, Boudreaux and, uh, to make decisions on him and Gibson. And, you know, it's good to see both guys going uh, into the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see because – Anderson played well in these in these two games, and then um, you know obviously you had the back to back scenario with the um, Islanders and uh, the Devils. So Gibson went in in that game. We'll get to that game in a minute. Um, but it looks like Anderson, uh, you know, is back at number one and in form. Um, you know, and we'll get to it too. He he played well in the uh, Edmonton game last night uh, as well. But uh, going forward in the playoffs, um, we'll talk more about what Bruce needs to do. But it, to me, it looks like Anderson is going to be the guy, Eddie. Yeah, you know, just look at the body of work he's had throughout the season. Obviously, going down injured um, after the net fell on him, and and you know, Gibson coming up and, and playing so well, and Anderson struggling a bit before he came back. And you know, I, I think if he can continue this into the playoffs, I know um, we were talking about it yesterday. If he, if he had a strong game against the, the Oilers, and and then if he can play, you know, probably play another game before the end of the season and, and play well in that one, you would think that he's probably the guy that's going to start you know it, it's a tough decision but i think you got to go with the guy who's been you know your number one for most of the season yeah absolutely and you know what kind of changed that up uh in the game against the devils you had gibson come in then uh gibson plays in this game and he almost has a shutout eddie he only gives up one goal in this contest yeah and you know it was a a, a game that you know we expected it to be defensive and uh, we we saw a couple crazy goals with uh, with Kessler's goal as well, and and it was a, a pretty identical game in a way to the Islanders game. Just great goaltending from uh, from both teams. Uh, we you know we knew Schneider was going to be in net for this game, so we saw it was going to be uh, we knew it was going to be a tight game, and Gibson had to be on his uh, you know on his game, and he was, and it was a great game from him and uh, Boschman getting his tenth of the season, something we said we hoped would happen, and he ends up getting that, and and Kessler getting his twentieth of the season too. So it was a Overall, you know, a, a good game. Uh, another one-goal game, which we're not surprised with, but you know, being able to hold out uh, defensively is definitely a, a good sign for the playoffs. 
Yeah, you know, you talk about that uh, one goal that was reviewed was the uh, the one that they said it was Kessler's second goal, and then they went back, and now they said it was Boschman's goal. And what happened on that play is Boschman shoots a rocket, which goes off uh, Merrill's shoulder, and it goes in, and that's what the, the refs ruled originally. And they, again, went to Toronto like they normally do, and Toronto um, couldn't determine one way or another. So, again, just like in the Columbus game, the uh, the call on the ice stood, and, and this was the right call. It, it did go off of Merrill's shoulder. It didn't hit Kessler's stick, um, so it was another good call. And another one that maybe the coach's challenge could have come out. We had a lot of these plays on this road trip uh, with the uh, lengthy reviews and whatnot, but uh, it was good to see uh, Boschman get that goal, and um, you know the Ducks pulled out another uh, one-goal win, as you mentioned. That's their 32nd uh, one-goal victory. Uh, and 40 attempts, which it's just amazing, Eddie, that we keep pulling out these, uh, you know, one goal battles. Yeah, and it, it, you know, to start the season was a little bit scary, and, and you know, we'd obviously like to see another like nine-one shellacking of like a Vancouver Canucks team again. That was was pretty fun last year, but um, you know, if they're getting wins and and they're being able to pull out wins, this is something we needed in the playoffs, being able to pull out wins against good teams, and and uh, you know, we've been able to do it all season, which is going to translate well into the playoffs and. You know, just to mention one guy who's really stepped up since been calling, uh, called up in the last few games is is Wagner has played a uh, a really key role on on that uh, that fourth line, especially in this game against the Devils. He was, he was throwing hits around like crazy. Yeah, I mean, he took Merrill out and basically helped him on a line change practically. I mean, he pushed him in between the two benches like completely. I mean, I remember everybody was uh, going out of their mind on this on this hit. I was um, out of town in Vegas watching the game at one of the bars, and I was crack, you know, jumping out of my seat. Um, I couldn't get the uh, the replay at the time. Uh, you know, I don't have the advantage of uh, you know DVR and whatnot when I'm at home. But uh, that was a, an amazing hit and. Uh, you know, for his size, I mean, he's not the biggest player out there, but I mean, man, he he can really throw his body around and uh, make some plays, Eddie. Yeah, you know, it, it's nice to see uh, you know more depth being able to come up and guys being able to fill roles with with some guys being out for injury. Obviously, Bileski being out this game, and you know, Wagner and and Jackman already being out. Wagner being able to come and fill that role. You know, sadly, I don't think we'll be able to see him. Uh, more once Bolesky and Jackman and, and you know and, and Kessler are all back. Um, but you know it's nice to see him get some ice time and play well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know we come into that big game um, against Edmonton on uh, uh, last night. Um, you know the Ducks obviously we we won this game and we kind of joked about this before. And you know the Ducks got a blowout win. I mean Ducks ended up doing everything right in this game, uh, winning five to one. Um, I mean, they could have won by easily more. They had multiple partial breakaways and breakaways that that didn't score. But then on all the other chances we had, we were we were just firing it in, Eddie. And uh, the, I mean, I know it's the Oilers, but you know the Oilers had won three in a row. So I mean, it, you know, I don't you know say oh it's just going to be the Oilers game again. But I mean, man, the Ducks really took it to them last night. Yeah, and it was one of the. <laughs> I don't want to say it was one of the craziest games. Just so many things happened in this game. Uh, you know, Lindholm. I mean, uh, Silverberg getting his first uh, three-point game in his career. Uh, Lindholm continuing to dominate the plus-minus on the Ducks with a, a plus-four. Uh, Perry getting his 600th NHL point. Uh, Boschman passing Tevidoski for a second insist and picking up his 11th goal of the of the season. It, and Cogliano on the penalty shot. It was just a crazy game all in all, and a really fun game to watch. And obviously. You know, clinching the Pacific Division for the third time in a row and getting back-to-back 51 seasons isn't that bad either. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. I mean, we also swept the Oilers, too. I mean, we'd taken them out in four games, so that's nothing to sniff about. Um, 
This is actually the fourth time the Ducks have won the Pacific Division. Uh, it's been three in a row, and then, of course, the first time was the uh, the year we, you know, the Ducks went all the way, of course, and uh, won everything in 2007. Um, so those are the four times we've done that. Um, you know, Dupree had his first goal as a Duck, which was good to see. Uh, he got a little bit of a lucky bounce there. Uh, it went off the defender and in, but hey, you know, sometimes we need to get a few of those too. So that was good to see. And uh, all around, just that there wasn't really anything the Ducks did wrong in this game. I mean, like we said, maybe didn't score on a couple of those breakaways. But other than that, I mean, this was a dominant performance. They um, got the Pacific locked down now. The goal is uh, to try and get, you know, first in the West. Um, and right now the way it's looking is it's uh, the magic number is five, and Eddie and I were talking about this, and I know some people are confused, but it's when it means five, it's, it's because of the way the, the regulation um, and overtime wins factor into this. If uh, the Predators win out and the Ducks win th- uh, a couple of the next three games, they'll end up tied, but because of the tie break, it would go to the Predators. So the Ducks need to get at least five points out of these next six games if the Predators win all those games, Eddie. Yeah, because if we if we went out and they went out, our ROWs are exactly the same. Um, then I believe it goes down to, if not goals four, um, then the games we've played against them. I can't remember what the second tiebreaker is. Um, but, yeah, if we win our next game, because we play before them on Friday against Colorado, and, and they play Nashville on, on Saturday, you know, the number obviously keeps shrinking, and I'm, I'm sure if uh, we win that game on, on Friday and they lose on uh, Saturday against Dallas, uh, I don't want to say it's locked up, but three points to go, and, and you know, we obviously play uh, Arizona and, and in our last game, I, I think, uh, you know, we can guarantee a win there, so I think if we win Friday and they lose Saturday, the West is pretty much ours. Yeah, exactly, and and uh, we talked about the President's Trophy and, and all that, and I'm not really going to go into it because I'm not too worried about that. I mean, it, right now it's still in the Rangers' control. I mean, they've got to lose uh, at least the regulation game, and I, th- I think either another regulation game or overtime, something of that combination where they need to lose a few games for the Ducks to have a chance. Uh, so I'm not worried about that because you never know. They may not even get all the way to the uh, Stanley Cup final again like last year. It's not a guarantee. I think uh, for the Ducks, the key is, is to have home ice all the way through the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and, and definitely it's key to get that first spot like we talked about. Um, you know, if you, if you finish in second, you're pretty much uh, you're looking at playing that second wild card team, which could be you know Minnesota, which is which is not going to be a fun team to play in the first round. You know, they've won five in a row, and and they're they're looking to get you know going with Dubnik and Ned and and guys firing like Parise and Vanek. So you know when you get that first spot, you're looking at a at a Calgary or Winnipeg. Uh, you know. You could look at the Kings, but you you've got a more a better chance of playing a favorable matchup in Calgary or Winnipeg. Yeah, and you talk about it, it's going to be interesting, you know, with uh, Buffalo being suspended and Winnipeg kind of losing it a little bit. Um, the Kings are actually in the driver's seat right now if they uh, win their last six games, and obviously not saying they will, but if they do, um, you know, they hold the tie break over Winnipeg. If Winnipeg wins their last five, they'll be tied. But they'll, but again, the Kings will have those regulation overtime victories. So there's a good chance that, you know, I, I know some people, there's disagreements out there. I know some people want the Kings not to make it. And some people want us to play them and, you know, redeem ourselves uh, from last year, of course. But uh, it could happen, Eddie. It could be the Ducks against the Kings. 
Yeah, and you know, I I don't want to say that. I said it after um, Gio got hurt for Calgary. That Calgary was pretty much done, and and look where they are now in in, in third in the Pacific Division. But with Buffalo going down, and he was already down with injury, and now getting suspended for four games, which is basically brings him in for the last game of the season against Calgary uh, for Winnipeg, and you know that's a, a big loss for them. He's one of their better players, and and you know when he came back, and even in the game against the Rangers, they looked really good, and he and he played a good game, and. And now with him being down in L.A., basically controlling their destiny, um, Winnipeg's going to have to rely on uh, you know Oilers and Vancouver, Calgary, and Colorado to, to get some big wins against the Kings because if uh, if the Kings sneak in in that last spot, like you said, we're going to have to play them. So it's like if, if the Kings are almost going to make the playoffs, I, I'd rather hope they, uh, they pass Calgary and, and take that third in the Pacific and, and we get Calgary in the first round. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think the Ducks will lose to the Kings this time around. I think we talked about this. Getting Kessler, fixing the center issues and the faceoff issues with him has been phenomenal this season. Um, especially last year, you know, we lost almost fifty more faceoffs to the Kings in that series. So I think that's going to be huge. But you know, the thing with playing them in the first round is I don't want to see another six, seven game, you know, brutal series where you come out of that and then you're tired for the next round opponent. Um, you know, that that's kind of the, the worrisome point for me there, um, Eddie, against the Kings. Yeah, and, you know, I think the, the ideal matchup for me is definitely Winnipeg. You know, I, I think they're a good team, but I think they've, they're, they've got to rely on a lot of guys to get wins. They've got to rely on Pavlik to play well and, you know they've got to rely on Bufflin to stay in the lineup, and you know they, they've uh, got to get that first line going. If not, they're they're not going to win games. And you know I don't want to play Calgary either. They've looked amazing this year with that first line, and you know obviously Hiller and Ramo playing really good, and and then the Kings obviously um the defending Stanley Cup champs. Nobody wants to play them in the first round. So I think an ideal matchup for us is Winnipeg, but you know a lot of things have to happen in the next five games for for that to happen. Yeah, and that's why I've been trying to tell people too. I know a lot of people are out there scoreboard watching, and they're like, "Oh, so and so's winning, and so and so's losing." And then I get that, and I, I mean, I know it's exciting. Don't get me wrong; I like watching other hockey, but it, it's like it just changes every day. So when someone wins a game or loses a game, I, I try not to get too excited one way or another because um, these last couple spots, Eddie, they're going to probably come down to the the final uh, game of the season. Yeah, you know, we've, we you see that almost every year. It just kind of magically works out that, um, well, I guess this is the, you know, to say thanks to the schedule makers for you look at L.A. having to play Calgary and Vancouver um, in the two of their last six games where those are going to be big, you know, playoff deciding, playoff position deciding matchups where if uh, Vancouver and, and Calgary can beat L.A., that puts them out of the playoffs. And, you, you know, you look at and Winnipeg's side, how they have to play the Avalanche and the Flames and, and the, the Wild and the uh, the Canucks, where they're basically playing every team that they're fighting with to get into the playoffs other than the Kings. So, you know, it's definitely a, a thanks to the schedule makers for making it exciting. But, uh, you know, it's, it's giving everybody here a heart attack trying to hope that the Kings don't make the playoffs. Yeah, and that's just the way it's going to be for the next two weeks. Um, you know, let's uh, shift a little gears, go back, uh, you know, to the Ducks and the lineup and whatnot. You know, it looks like, because uh, I know a lot of people also get frustrated with the lineup changes and whatnot uh, with Boudreaux, but it looks like the lineup's gotten a little bit more solidified, Eddie. Um, you know, on those three wins on the road trip, the, the offensive lines are pretty much the same, um, except for Bleski. You know, obviously had that lower body injury and he had to draw out. 
which brought uh, Fletchman in on uh, Sunday's game against the Devils. But it looks like the top four lines are pretty set. I mean, we did see a little bit of change in the, the Edmonton game just because um, Kessler and Bolesky were arrested. So that's why uh, Wagner was switched over to the center spot, which brought Eden back in. But it looks like for the most part that the uh, the four top lines uh, might be the way that they are going into the playoffs. I don't, I don't see too much change in here, Eddie. Yeah, and you know, I I could see that too. Other than like you said, Wagner dropping out for Kessler when he gets back, and and then Raquel and Thompson dropping down the the lines in center, and then Bolesky probably coming back in for either Fleischman or Edom. But other than those, you know, other than the the rolling door with Edom and Fleischman and Bolesky, I, I think the lineups are pretty much set. You know, I you could pretty much say that those first three lines are are set. You know, you, you could see Sekach, Getzlaff, and Perry playing together. Palmieri, Kessler, and, and Maroon, and, and Silverberg, Raquel, and, and, you know, Cogliano or Fleischman. You, you, you could see those guys all playing. I think it just comes down to uh, Edom and Wagner probably dropping out to bring Kessler and Bolesky back in from injury. Um, but, yeah, that that's a good sign, though. We know Bruno likes to roll the lines, but getting uh everybody you know gelled together and know who they're playing with uh, come the playoffs is definitely a, a big key for the ducks yeah and i think that's what's going to happen uh the defense too you know it's changed a little bit i mean obviously he's been resting people i know some people got all freaked out because you know fowler sat out a game and wisniewski sat out a game and you know what are we doing what are we doing and he's just resting the defensive players so i i think going on that side we looked at the pairings. Obviously, Lindholm and Boschman have been together for you know most of the season. They've been um, one of the best pairings. So you're going to still see them in there. Uh, Botnin and Fowler will still be in there. And uh, I think Dupree is a stepped up. You know, especially you got that goal last night. I think Dupree is the one that's going to be ahead of Stoner, and Stoner may be you know on the outside looking in for that uh, sixth spot. Which you know I know a lot of people will be upset about that, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think too many people are going to be be mad about that. Uh, I think the praise really showed that uh, he wants that that sixth spot, and and he's really kind of taking control of it. Um, you know, I, it all depends on who we play. I know Boudreaux likes to play the matchups, um, but it's not like the is a small guy either. Um, you know, he's pretty much his biggest stoner. So, um, I, you know, he's a he's a two way guy, but he plays defense uh, really well. He's a big physical guy, just like Stoner. And, you know, he, he's not going to take the bad penalties. And he's going to chip in with the odd goal. I, I definitely think um, you know, he's the right guy for that sixth slot over Stoner. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's the way it's going to go. I mean, obviously, Stoner sat out too with some injury too. And um, what I, what I've been hearing too is I I actually went down to. Uh, Honda Center today and uh, got some photos with some of the players and everybody was all smiles. I'll tell you, they're all in a really good mood today. But uh, I also ran into Eric Stevens from the uh, Orange County Register, which was nice to meet with him too. And uh, the word is uh, from him is that it looks like Kessler and Stoner will be back in on Friday um, playing in that matchup against Colorado. And uh, I actually, I talked to Bolesky and me and another uh, fan, we we joked with him about, you know, if he was going to play on Friday or not. And he said that he wasn't going to play. Um, that he may not be back till um, you know one of the final two games uh, next week. So that's kind of where we're at with the you know the injury situation. Looks like Kessler Stoner back in. Um, Jackman's also you know on the fence too. It looks like he may be coming back next week. Uh, I know we had a fan question about Jackman. They asked uh, you know if he comes in and plays on that fourth line, Eddie, who do you see dropping out? And uh, I, I think you you kind of had a different approach. I think you don't think he'll be in as much, huh? No, I think you know he's. 
I, it all comes into matchup. I think he, if he comes back um, and he's healthy within the last two games, he might get in a game just so he's game ready and and ready to go. But um, you know, arguably, I think it, it's hard to bench you know a guy like Bolesky, um or Fleischman. I mean, you want those creative guys up there, and, and you definitely want to play Bolesky. I I don't see Jackman. Um, you know, getting a starting role over any of those guys. Um, you know, he'll still be in in the you know in the roster and ready to go if he if he needs to jump in for a game. And you know, just the same with the likes of Edom and and you know Wagner will be sent down. But you know, I, I don't think he jumps in right away unless it's just to get him some game time. I I don't think he you know checks in on that top twelve. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it may be tough with him. You know, now with everybody else playing well and uh, you know Bolesky. Uh, basically saying, you know, he's going to be good to go for the playoffs is what he told me today. So uh, it's going to be a tough go for Jackman. He may squeeze in on one of those games, you know, depending on who the matchup is. You know, maybe if we do, you know, go against uh, Minnesota or Winnipeg and you know, one of those games he needs to have a little bit more uh, size out there. But um, it's going to be a tough go for him back in the lineup. Um, the other uh, couple issues, too, that we talked about um, – the uh, power play is another situation that the Ducks are trying to iron out. Um, a little bit worrisome. I mean, we haven't been doing as well on there. Um, but I think that's something that, you know, should get ironed out, Eddie. I mean, it's just um, a matter of time. I, I think uh, Wisniewski added in there and Botnan added in there. You, you're seeing Wisniewski get, you know, plenty of assists. He's, he's bombing some shots at the net there. So i'm not too worried about it but i would like to see them pick it up in this next uh, three games yeah you would really like to see that too because you know we we brought in wisniewski to to remedy that and and you know vodden's obviously been our guy and and you would like to see fowler and, and boschman and you know and other guys get going and just the our, our power play percentage being 26 in the league is you look at some of the other teams around there in Florida, Ottawa, Colorado, Buffalo, you know, teams that aren't, that aren't in the playoffs. Um, you know, to be fair, Minnesota is down there too in 28th um, with a 15.7%. So it's not like it's a, a terrible uh, place to be. You know, obviously we'd like it to be higher and that's why we brought in with, with that's why we brought in Wiz, but, you know, um, if they can get it going by the playoffs, it'll, it'll definitely be be a big key. And you know, same goes for the the penalty penalty kill as well. Yeah, and I think uh, really the only other issue uh, left out there is the starting goalie um, situation. But I, I think, you know, we mentioned earlier that Anderson's is going to be the guy. Um, it's also going to be interesting too for those of you that don't know. Uh, Jaguar actually holds the record for the most wins in a season. Um, at 36 wins back in that 06-07 Stanley Cup season. So Freddie sits at 34, and there's three games to go. You know, I'll be curious to see if uh, Bruce puts him into those three games to try and and get that record and, you know, keep the momentum going uh, on the winning streak heading into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I I could see Gibson starting tomorrow if he wants to keep it going. Um, You know, I'm, I'm sure they've talked about it, and, and uh, you know a lot of hockey players don't care about the records that much. They just want to get the wins and, and play who you know who who they think is going to get the win and rest the right guys. Um, you know I I don't know if uh, if if Freddie cares. I'm sure he probably doesn't. And you know that much where he's going to want to take starts away from Gibson. Um, but it would be nice to see him get it even tie it. You know I I could see Gibby starting the next game and then and then Freddie starting Wednesday Saturday just if they're going to roll with him into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, that's not you know too far off of a possibility. I mean, um, they're going to play, you know, Colorado on Friday. Um, 
you know, they're pretty much out of it as far as making it to the playoffs. But, you know, the last game they fought us tough. And, uh, you know, we only won that game in overtime, Eddie. So that this game might be another one of those games uh, where we see another one-goal uh, type situation. Yeah, and we wouldn't really be too surprised if we did. Uh, we the Both games we've played against them have been 3-2. Uh, obviously, the most recent one being in overtime. And uh, Perry grabbing two goals in, in, in those games. And Raquel picking up two points in, in the one game he played against them. Uh, so you know it's going to be a tough game. They're, they're still a good team. You know they've got balance scoring across the board. Uh, Landis Cog again, O'Reilly, Duchesne, Tangay, uh, McKinnon being out. But you no, know, they've still got a pretty good team. And you got to remember where they were last year. There's, you know, they still got that in them. So Varlamov can steal a game, and you know it's going to be a tough game. And we obviously want to get the win to get closer to that Western Conference uh, title. Yeah, I mean if you look at their. Uh... You know, their players on their lineup, I mean, obviously uh, McKinnon out, but you got eight other guys that, you know, they're in double digits in goals and assists. I mean, they are a balanced team. They can they can roll all those lines and score. So, um, you know, it's not going to be an easy one. And uh, Valarmov, you know, um, I mean, obviously, you know, Perry burned him on that, that breakaway in the overtime. But, you know, v- Valarmov played very well in that game, and he's played, you know, well all season. So I look to this one – to be one that, uh, you know, hopefully we, we pull out by, you know, more than a couple goals. But uh, this one may not be decided till probably, uh, you know, later in the third period, Eddie. Yeah, we could we could see that. Um, you look at uh, the shot totals we've had over the game. We all shot them 73 to 42 in the game. So, obviously, Varlamov has stood on his head in, in, in both of these games. So, it'll be, be key to do that again, get a lot of shots on them and, you know, if we got to win this game by one goal, we got to win it by one goal. We've, we've seen it a lot this season, and, you know, we wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that's the way that it could roll in that game. And then, you know, the Ducks are going to have a big break after this. They're going to be off for uh, four days until we uh, take on Dallas for uh, Fan Appreciation Night, which, you know, we're giving away two tickets for that, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, and then they finish up against Phoenix. So on the next uh, podcast, we'll, you know, we'll preview those two games. Um some of the other uh, news going on, um, you know, in the league, uh, I went to Las Vegas this uh, past weekend, and uh, it looks like Las Vegas is going to get a team, Eddie. Uh, from what I'm hearing, they got the 10,000 tickets, and uh, I, I, it looks like they're going to announce within a month or so that uh, they're going to apply for the uh, expansion, um, you know, deal with the NHL. Yeah, you know, they still got a little bit ways to go. They've obviously got to start... You know, get that get an arena finished. But um, from what I've heard and and seen so far, I think Batman's really behind it. And you know, it's only a matter of time now before Vegas gets a franchise. And you know, that doesn't mean I think it's a good idea. I, I still don't think it's it's the best place to put a franchise. Um, I think it's probably gonna do the same thing Arizona did. You know, it took them two months to get ten thousand. And you could look at any of the other markets that were possible. You you know, you look at Winnipeg when they got their franchise back, they sold thirteen thousand under seven minutes. And it's hard to argue. You don't think a team like Quebec City or or Seattle or Kansas City would be able to sell it a little bit faster than two months. You know, obviously that's not proven, so I, uh, there's not much I can say there. But uh, I think it's a big risk with the team going in Las Vegas. But you know, Bedman seems to be driven to, to get it done. So I think it's only a matter of time before before a team pops up in Vegas. Yeah, which I mean, from from my perspective, I mean that it may long term, you know, be uh, difficult to sustain a team, you know, kind of like, like you'd mentioned the, the Phoenix now Arizona coyote situation. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I go out there a couple times a year, so now I'm going to have more reasons to go out there and watch hockey. Just like, uh, you know, I go to San Diego a couple times a year. So now I'm going to have more reason to go watch the goals as well. So I'm going to try and, 
cover some more of um, that action down there as well. And obviously we have some other writers doing that, uh, which is going to help out. Um, so it should be interesting. Um, I, I don't know where it's going to end up long term, but uh, if they get a team, then, uh, you know, some people asked um, during this past week, too, what happens in, a, in an expansion situation? And I think what would happen is there'd probably be two teams, Eddie. Um, you know, they'd, they'd come out west, uh, balance out the uh, conferences, would be part of the process. And then uh, as far as the way the players are selected, it's really up to the league. Um, for those of you that don't remember, back in the uh, the 93 expansion draft, which uh, was the Florida Panthers and the Ducks, what happened is they were able to pull players from other teams, and the teams were allowed to protect up to uh, 15 players. They were allowed to protect uh, a goalie, uh, five uh, defensive men, and uh, nine forwards is how it worked out back then. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but uh, that would probably be something similar like that, Eddie, if they do an expansion draft. Yeah, you would see that. Um, I think they're looking more towards expansion. You've heard from Batman that they're not looking to move any of their current teams. They like where they are. You know, he likes Phoenix, obviously. He's shown that. He, they like Florida. They they like where all their teams are, and they're just looking to add uh, through expansion. And, and if that's in the next few years or the next five years, we'll, we'll have to see. And obviously, they're looking to, to even it out and, and add teams to the West. So you, you'll see Seattle or or even Kansas City and, and, and other teams get a, get a look out in the Western Conference. But, you know, like you said, with the, the long-term concerns for Vegas, you know, I don't, I don't think it's just long-term either. I think there's a lot of short-term concerns for them as well. You know, they, they've obviously got the 10,000 committed to season tickets, which is big for them. But, you know, after that first season, do you see it, any of them renewing? Do you see a lot of new fans coming in? Are they going to even be able to fill the rest of the seats in the arena? You know, I think there's a lot of short-term concerns to think about too for, for a team in Vegas. Yeah, it's definitely something that we're going to keep watch on and, and, you know, obviously keep everybody updated as well. Um, you know, another issue that's come up around the league, uh, Eddie, and uh, we can kind of talk about this one for a little bit, is uh, they're talking about the overtime next year. We, we briefly touched about, uh, talked about this on 4-on-4 uh, four four and 3-on-3, three three, and now there's a lot of uh, fan discussion about, well, hey, if a team wins in overtime, whether it's 4-on-4 four four or 3-on-3, three three, it should be an all-or-nothing type thing where – the winner gets two points and the loser gets zero points. Um, what do you think about this, Eddie? Um, no, I, I actually like the the extra point. I, I think it adds a little bit more to to the importance of games and, and, and grinding out and getting it to the to the overtime. You know, I, I get where a lot of people are coming from. You, you know, some teams have small amounts of overtime wins and, and their team's only four points ahead of some of these playoffs uh, outside of the playoff teams and, and they've got like six more wins you would expect those teams to be higher in the standings if if all losses counted but you know I, I don't think it affects the game negatively you look at in in all the conferences and pretty much every year the eight best teams make you know the eight best teams you think are the eight best teams in the league based on their play make the playoffs I, I you know I don't see anybody other than maybe in the west with San Jose and LA being out of the playoffs but I don't think they the OT uh, the extra point in OT is really the reason why they're outside of the playoffs so I, I don't see why it harms anybody and you know I, I think it's just fans looking for something they want to change uh, I, you know, it's not a big deal to me yeah, and that was another discussion too. You know, with all the playoffs going on, everybody was asking about what's this row? What's you know what's row stand for? What's R O W? And and that's in place basically to to avoid that kind of situation when there's tie break. And for those of you that don't know that statistic, R O W stands for regulation and overtime victories or wins. Um, so what happens basically is when two teams have the same amount of points, they don't just look at wins straight up. They actually go and they look to see 
who won in the in the 60 minute periods or in the overtime period. They don't uh, give it to shootouts um, basically for the wins because they don't want teams relying on going to a shootout and oh I'm going to put out my all stars you know to win all these shootout victories. So that's kind of another way that the league controls that and you know it's not a perfect system of course but it, at least it's a, a way to uh fix some of those uh issues eddie yeah you know it, it's definitely going to be uh you know come in handy when it's trying to fix overtimes and everything and um one thing that we uh was kind of uh announced today was uh Caligliano has been nominated for the 2014-2015 bill master memorial trophy which is uh, presented to the NHL player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. And you know, I don't think we're we're really surprised that he's nominated for this. It's obviously nice to see another, uh, you know, another duck uh, nominated for an award. But you know, if if anybody you had to pick anybody, pretty much Cogliano's the first guy that comes to mind. Yeah, absolutely, Eddie. I mean, I I couldn't think of a better person for them to pick. I mean, as you know, we all uh, give him the nickname Iron Man, and. Uh, you know he still holds the uh, the current active streak uh, um, among uh, active players in the NHL right now. Um, you know and he keeps going up and up that list. Um, I don't know if he'll get all the way to the top of that, but I mean the way he keeps playing and and the the things that he does, uh, you know, shorthanded and his uh, back checking ability and uh, you know you saw the uh, the uh, um, penalty shot, which is a rare thing. Um, in a regular season, you know, regulation time, you know, we usually see the shootout breakaway things and whatnot. And he, uh, cashed in on that one with a nice, uh, couple of deeks on, uh, on the uh, play there. So, I mean, there's not a guy that I think is more deserving on the uh, ducks than, uh, Andrew Cagliano, Eddie. Yeah, I know he, he, he's dedicated every game and obviously, you know, he's, he's ready to go for, for uh, 600 plus straight games and, you know, it, it's amazing to see them keep your streak going, and you know, there's not anybody, you know, better qualified for for this trophy. And um, another thing that the Ducks put out yesterday, you know, kind of a, a more you know funny uh, upbeat note is uh, is the harsh tweets that the Ducks uh, put out last night, kind of the same as the the late night uh, mean tweets that Jimmy Fallon does, and and uh, I mean uh, Jimmy Kimmel does, and it, it's uh, it was actually pretty funny. You see a couple guys. Um, uh, Kessler with the last one, which a lot of people were getting on about, but you know, a, a nice new kind of social media thing we talked about with the Ducks and, and you know, putting out something that that the fans really enjoyed. Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny watching that. Uh, I can't remember uh, when they put it up during the game, but I remember they had it up there. I think it was maybe right before the intermission, but uh, they had like Bory uh, Perry, and I was like, what? You know, it was just it was just funny to see them read and then see their reactions and. Uh, Definitely a good thing. Uh, social media night went really well last night. Um, we had one fan that did our contest, and um, well, we had several fans that did the contest, but we had one that won and got two tickets um, to the game last night. Um, we still have the two tickets for fan appreciation night. Um, for that one, we uh, if you have been following along, you have to get all the words together for the phrase and send in the phrase to us. Uh, the word for tonight is cup, C-U-P. Um, so there's your last word and, you know, put that word with the previous three in the last three podcasts and then just email it to us, uh, the phrase that you think it it comes out to be. And, uh, you can email us at, uh, ducksandpucks at usa.com and, uh, we'll keep that open. We'll probably keep it open till, uh, about Monday morning, about nine o'clock or so. So we get everybody to listen and get this in. I know we did the podcast a little bit later, uh, in the week cause I was out of town. Um, but we'll get that done for you. 
And, uh, you know, the Ducks are in a good mood, Eddie. Uh, you know, I went down there today, um, met another fan down there. We had a, hung out, had a good time. Everybody's smiling. Everybody, of course, is winning. Uh, Boudreaux looked, you know, happy today, too, and he was uh, joking around. And uh, everything's going good. So, you know, they just got to keep rolling and doing that. And um, I, I think we'll be good, uh, you know, the way that it's coming down here in these uh, final games. Yeah, and if we can continue winning this into the playoffs, I think that's going to be a – a real big plus if we can, you know, I not to say maybe win seven in a row going to the playoffs, but if we can win two of these these next three games and you know win that last one against Arizona and just just be playing well going into the playoffs, it's going to be a a big boost for our chances no matter who we face. Exactly, and also one last thing, I, I know some people asked about the playoffs and when it's going to start. Uh, April fifteenth is when the actual playoffs start. Uh, I talked to some of the people at the Ducks. They don't know when the Ducks' first game will actually be. It'll it'll either be uh, the 15th and the 17th or probably the 16th and the 18th. Uh, I haven't gotten the final word, but I know a lot of you asked about that, so I just want to get that out there. Um, and just stay tuned. We'll have another podcast coming up on uh, this Sunday, uh, probably a little bit briefer one, but we'll go over some more things. And uh, we also added the podcast on Stitcher as well now. So we're on YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, so you can get us there if um, you go on there and, and you look, just search for Ducks and Pucks podcast, and we're on there. Um, thanks for all your support, and uh, we'll see you in a few days. The Anaheim Ducks are the Stanley Cup champions.